eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at earsports.com, part of the Paramount Podcast Network. I am Mike Casazza saying hello again to Chris Anderson. Chris, it's been several days since the plates shifted again and conference expansion happened. The whole landscape kind of got flipped around. UCLA, USC to the Big Ten. We have not done an emergency episode. We haven't done an episode because this one just takes a while, I think, to wrap your head around. This, to me, feels bigger and more definitive toward a final outcome than any of the other expansion maneuvers we've seen before. And this dates back to the the 2010s when like Virginia Tech and Miami left them. That's kind of like your first shot here. This one, the most recent one just seems like it hits the pillars of whatever is left of the, the infrastructure, the foundation that we once knew. And I don't know how things could be the same after this one. No big deal, right? (laughs) Just a, 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 what is it? Cataclysmic shift in the entire sport, the largest sport in college athletics. One of the what the second largest sport overall outside of the NFL, um, it's a big one. I'm with you. Like this one, this one feels different. This one feels, uh, you know, Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC. I think that one uh, registered with West Virginia fans more just because they're in the Big Twelve conference. But it kind of like, oh yeah, hey, you know, Texas SEC already has dabbled into Texas. It, it's not that substantial of a difference uh, as far as geography goes as far as their belief in, in football and academics and all that stuff. So it, it seems like they quote unquote fit, if you will. And then you come with this of USC and UCLA leaving the PAC 12 to go to the big 10. And all of a sudden you're thinking, wait, what USC and UCLA? Well, I I'm certain are very good academic schools. They're going to join this conference that touted how they, you know, they only take AAU schools, um, it's a Midwestern conference that, I mean, remember when we were shocked that they took Rutgers? Not not really, but it was like, ah, Rutgers seems out of place because it's, it's on the East Coast. This is a Midwestern conference. And now they're going twice as far in the opposite direction to get one, to get two schools from L.A. So there's two very large city of Los Angeles schools playing in a traditional Midwestern conference. And it it just throws up that red flag of everything's fair game now. Absolutely everything is fair game, and who knows what's going to happen next. I remember the Rutgers thing happening, and I frequently forget that Rutgers is in the Big Ten. That just happens to me sometimes, him in Maryland. But I can remember the Rutgers thing and, and explain to people before. This is back when I blogged at the newspaper. But 
you're you're not adding you're adding a program that could be one day in football because Rutgers was trying its hardest in chopping wood, but you're also adding that that Metro New York um, media market, and people are like, well, Rutgers doesn't have that many fans. Yeah, but like a lot of the Big Ten alumni and fans are in that metro area and they're trying to get on tv back then and trying to have that big 12 network excuse me big 10 network become more prolific it's not really the interest now but they just added two schools from la that i don't know i mean for, for parts of the year they matter and parts of the year they don't because there's so much happening in la but if it's still not about tv markets and all that stuff sure the big 10 network's getting in los angeles it's already in los angeles so it's already established it's a thing which makes you think like all right what is this about you're not adding tv networks you're not adding you know, the premier names out there. Oh, maybe USC would be up there. UCLA, not really. And I say that because basketball, more and more, just doesn't seem like it matters. So then what's going on? Well, now you back up a little bit, and you see that you get Oklahoma and Texas, uh, the SEC, two of the biggest names in college sports, never mind the Big 12. And that that, that wobbles the legs of the Big 12 um, at the seat at the table, if that makes sense. So the Big 12 still has a seat at the table, but it's not the most firm, suitable seat for you. Well, there's still some other conferences that are sitting around that table. The ACC, the Pac-12, um, Big 10, SEC, they're safe. They got really stable chairs. Well, you just took out the legs of the Pac-12. Like you took the two big names out of there. The biggest, we'll say, but two certainly really big names. Terrific universities, too but major, major athletic departments, major brands in Los Angeles. And that really wobbles the Pac-12's legs at the table. If I'm the ACC, I'm scared to death because we've just seen this happen within a year. The two most stable programs at the table have just torpedoed two of the other conferences at the table. And if you're the ACC, you got to be thinking, oh my gosh, it just happened to two of our brethren. How does this not happen to me right now? How can I be sure that Clemson, Miami, Florida State, all of them, some combination and whatever, isn't in the Big Ten, isn't in the SEC sometime soon? Because I just I just see the pattern here. And like, how many times does this happen? Where we just go, oh, boy, I never saw that coming. We, we have, I think, a pattern now. And I would be extremely concerned if I was uh, somebody who had a, a vested ACC interest here, because why wouldn't? One of these two major conferences try to take out the legs of the last uh, stable, if you will, chair at the table. Well, I think that's that's the issue where I can't wrap my head around here because and you and I discussed this a little bit beforehand, but the, the most the, the scenario that makes the most sense or whatever is like maybe four conferences and everybody works together and you split it back up and get divisions or get geography, get regions and. I think that's the way you could truly maximize money. Uh, I mean, everybody's objective here is money. It, it is. Sorry to ruin everybody's fantasy here, but it is. Their objective is money. And I honestly believe that if they went into four four conferences, made them all regional, and so everybody was playing the regional rivals, and and, and with a couple crossover games, of course, you know, everybody plays, you know, one team, just like they do in the NBA and the NFL. Everybody from one conference plays a team from another conference or away in this one this year and then away on the other year. And, and that way you get some action against teams all across the country. And, but that's going to require everybody working together, everybody trying to make this happen. 
And right now this feels more like, and, and I'm not, you know, trying to uh, lessen the importance of like something like a war or an invasion or something like that. But all I keep thinking about is how, um, you, you know, when you go through, when there is a war, when you're taking over a country, you're fighting, whatever, you, there is a, a point of where you don't want to damage the community, damage the land, hurt the people, because you're going to take that over. You're going to use that area. You don't want to destroy it. And I feel like this is what's happening right now. There's a, there are certain power brokers here that want to take over college football but they don't mind destroying it along the way. Like they're destroying the assets of it, if you will, along the way. And then they're going to come back later and be like, hey, we're, we're still going to need a couple pieces of this Pac-12 over here, uh, if you don't mind. And, and the Pac-12 is going to be looking at them like, you, you just destroyed us. You just absolutely destroyed it. We have nothing left. Um, and and I think that's the problem that everybody's going to be facing over the next few years is, is that the power brokers are going to keep making these moves and keep destroying the fringes, I guess, of this of this top group, and then come back around and see what's left. Did any of that make sense? No, well put. It makes sense too. Um, okay. I mean, I mean, I, I get it too. Like, go in, take it over, but you also still have to populate that area. Like, you have to exist there, so don't don't ruin it. But right. kind of hard to see like how that's not the outcome here too. Um, th- there's a lot we can talk about this and write about this, and I think we we will and have to because there are there are broad angles and and consequences to be quite frank. But we can also localize this now too. And let's just before we get out of here, Chris, stick with. Big 12 and or West Virginia. I, I don't like the, the the picture I have when I peer into the future for either one of them right now. Understanding there's a lot of options out there too, but th- this could end up in, in various directions. But I would say this, that it does seem like the Big 12 is and West Virginia by extension is somewhat stable here. It's already taken the hit. Like it can't, it's not going to lose anymore. I don't think I just, I just have a hard time thinking that anybody's leaving the Big 12 for the Pac-12 or the ACC, which is something I can explain if we want to, but I also don't think that any of these are going to get peeled off by the Big Ten or the SEC. There's some whispers maybe about Kansas and the Big Ten that have gone back for a long, long time, but I'm not sure that's the next move. Anyhow, West Virginia, you could argue, in all of these expansion dominoes, has, has kind of teetered in, in really precarious positions, but they're in a Power Five right now for as long as Power Five exists. Pretty good situation when you look at everything that could happen. And they're also in a spot where okay, I don't think their conference is going to fall apart and they're going to lose members to other conferences. But if the ACC thing, ACC thing is ever going to happen, it's probably sooner than later. But then I wonder, like, would you go to the ACC right now with the unknowns happening there? And like I said, probably their leg is getting targeted by the others at the table, too. So is that the best landing spot? I feel like West Virginia has options. The Big 12 has options. There's a report out that um, some of the Pac-12 is meeting with the Big 12. This is not ideal, don't get me wrong. And the very future could be at stake here and look extremely different before too long. But I do feel like there are at least cards to play here. There are more cards to play here. There are more better cards to play here. They actually have face cards in their hand, is what I'm trying to say, rather than like low numbers and trying to make something work. Um, Does that make any sense to you? It does. And I think the Big 12 needs to have a repeat performance of what it did in response to Texas and Oklahoma. Now, 
I know nobody's leaving the Big 12 right now. Like This is a response to another move, not necessarily somebody poaching teams from the Big 12. But I think the fact that they went out and added the teams that they did after Texas and Oklahoma left the left the conference for the SEC, that was, what was that, the first? I don't even know if we, I was about to say proactive, but it's not proactive. It's literally reactive. Um, but it was the first time I... I I think they actually made a move without hesitating entirely too much or waiting too long. Um, and they need to do it again. They need to move it up a little bit more now that this happens. And that report that you mentioned from Wildcat Authority about Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah, uh, essentially the easternmost Pac-12 schools in that conference, do it. Like, uh, throw them a life raft. Um, you, you can make it seem like you're doing them a favor when in reality you're also doing yourself a favor if you're the big 12 because you are strengthening yourself are any of those four schools like you know espn deal changing kind of schools no but it does help expand your reach out west it does make you a bigger stronger conference um and, and i think that's the way it's going and if you can make that move first it can help st- stabilize what you have with the big 12. i like colorado and utah more so than Arizona and Arizona State. I have no problem with all four. Colorado has some history, of course. I think that they would like a do-over when it comes to the Pac-12. That hasn't worked out for them. Utah, really good athletic department. And those two kind of give you a third option in that mountain standard time with BYU, which for TV purposes is, is ex- like a significant thing. If you can air games at that 12, 3, 4, and 7, and also 10, that's a big deal. Like you can you can get a lot of TV inventory there, which is good for contracts. And then you're not always making it be uh, BYU. If you can you know give Colorado the option, Utah the option to play those late games, that's going to be better for those three. Um, Arizona, Arizona State. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I like adding Denver and Salt Lake City, Utah and Colorado. I think Arizona and Arizona State are about 90 miles apart. Um, that's fine. They come in together. I guess you could do that. But then. You're, you're talking what you mentioned before, Chris, you're leveling the Pac-12. Um, it doesn't exist anymore, and you're putting those remaining schools in in serious trouble. Um, and I don't know if that's the best idea, which makes me think that like perhaps the best thing you can do, and I know we talked about this last year, um, blend these two conferences together. It's not a merger. You're not, you're not making one conference out of the Big 12 and the Pac-12, but you can do scheduling arrangements. You can do revenue arrangements. You can do media arrangements where the Pac-12 does its thing and the Big 12 does its thing, but they also come together for, I guess you would call them non-conference games, but they'd be in the same conference, I guess. But, you know, West Virginia would play at Oklahoma State one year, but also get Stanford at home one year. Um, and you have a home and away games against your Pac-12 every year. Basketball, a little bit trickier, but you can do it. Um, it makes the little non-conference openings in your schedule easier to fill which is going to become a big deal for two reasons. One, these these massive conferences in the Big 12 and the SEC that we think we're going to see, their dance card is going to be full, and why would you want to do business with them, for one? And, and then, like, number two, like, it's going to be really, really expensive, more so in the future than ever, to get non-conference games against teams that you've left out. So I just, I just see, like, a... a more and more logic to the idea of finding a way for them to coexist. Again, one conference, 1.5 conference, I don't know, but it's not two separate conferences. They're going to have to find some joint operation agreement and then pitch that and do stuff because you make have a, a whole bunch make of, an alliance, if you will. 
I don't want to use that word, but yeah, some sort of agreement there. Like, listen, I could come in and take your best four, six schools, whatever, and leave you with nothing, or we can figure out a way to make this work. And we can have, we can have our opening games, like a four game weekend in Las Vegas, or here's four games in Las Vegas. Here's four in San Francisco. Here's four in uh, Kansas city. Here's four in Dallas. Like there's, there's just ways you can do it. You could have basketball, events in your major cities there you can you could prop up baseball your smaller sports with these these good programs that you have in both these conferences for the olympic sports which we're we're overlooking but by the way they still exist you know there's still a lot of scholarships and dollars going toward them there's still people who go pro in other sports and represent you in olympics and, and professional capacities and i know football makes the world go around right now but i just it's it's so hard to carve out your own thing and to take other programs or other conferences that actually do add up and make a difference, why do that? And then why just do it because that's what's always been done? And then why do that and just really ruin the Pac-12? We don't need more of this. Like, we need less of this. We need more stability. Like what football is becoming and what college sports are becoming, it's kind of hard to stomach. And if you're one of the parties affected by that, like the Big 12 and Pac-12 are, why the heck are you leaning into it? Do something that preserves you a little bit. It may be weird. It may be obtuse. Maybe something that hasn't been accomplished or even endeavored before. But does that mean you shouldn't do it? I would definitely recommend kicking the tires on some way to make these two leagues operate under one umbrella and find a way from the bolt to stand, you know, collectively, but also individually if you can. So that's is that your best case realistic scenario for let's stay focused on West Virginia here. I mean, everything is, is national, regional, whatever, but what's the best case realistic scenario for WVU athletics? I don't think it's in the ACC. And I think it's somehow as a big 12 member for the time being right now, um, there's broader conversations we can and probably will have about how this looks and and where West Virginia stands. But if, if they're going to try to salvage things, I mean, they being West Virginia, the big 12, the PAC 12, I don't know how we want to define we there. It's going to have to be different than what you see right now, because if what you see right now is the Pac-12 peeling off, you know, Boise State and Colorado State and, you know, UNLV and trying to make a conference out of that, I don't know. And if the Big 12 is adding, you know, two to four programs from the Pac-12, that might be good, but you're still not going to get into the party. Like they're still building that wall with the SEC, the Big 12, excuse me, SEC, Big 10, and maybe the ACC. That's going to keep you out of it. And like you have to wonder sooner or later, how are we going to get into the traditional thing where the traditional thing we, we've continually been stonewalled or poached or just kept out for one reason or another that they've had to adapt to? You know, they had to have a conference championship game for a data point. They had to do this. They had to do that. Um, the college football world, college sports world hasn't responded to the Big 12, right? It's been the other way around. And sooner or later, just acknowledge that. And say, all right, what we're doing isn't working. Let's try something different. So I guess long answer would be, yeah, I mean, that would be the way I would try to do it. If you can make it work where you have some rival, I guess, if you will, super conference where you're working with the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and lockstep, that might be the way to get it done. And being a part of that, it's it's not logistically stupid. Like, it's not going to be a ton of travel. You just play your, you play your Big 12 football schedule, and once a year you travel out to a Pac-12 school. And then once a year a Pac-12 school travels in Morgantown. It's not that exotic. It's not. It's it's possible as a way to make it work. You just got to shake the snow globe until you get the picture you like. But you got to grab it and shake it too. So I think in there somewhere you said ACC is not the best option for West Virginia. I wonder about Notre Dame's intentions. 
mm-hmm. and how that affects a TV contract because if Notre Dame is suddenly in the Big Ten, that's a material breach of your ACC, or excuse me, a material change of your ACC membership. And I would imagine any contract can be revisited when you have a material change like that. And then, Chris, how do you how do you look at this and see, like, again, the torpedoes at the Big 12 and at the Pac-12 and say, well, no one's going to go for the ACC and Clemson, a Southern school that's been very, very good in football. No one's going to go for Florida State and Miami, whatever combination. No one's going to go at the pillars of the ACC and allow the other conference to stand up right. They've taken shots at the other two and pulled it off. Like, what would make you think that the ACC is in a good spot? So, hey, put your best pitch together. Let the folks in, in Greensboro know you want in. And, hey, you're in. But one year from now, 18 months from now, Clemson, Florida State, and Miami are gone. Then what do you have? Like here you are again, where you're leaving something now that's maybe a little bit hard to envision, hard to pull off. But if you had some type of cooperative Big 12, Pac-12, that would be better than a very unstable and less populated ACC, would it not? It would. I, I think it, my my original thought here, or the hope, I guess, again, is I think best case scenario for West Virginia and my ideal scenario for college athletics is like a four times sixteen. I mean, I wish it was more regional, but the Big Ten with the addition of USC and UCLA gets the 16. Uh, SEC with the addition of Oklahoma and Texas is now at 16. And then say the ACC adds Notre Dame and then they add West Virginia, they're at 16. And then you take what's left in the Big 12 and Pac-12, merge that together to make 16 somehow, see how it's going to happen because you can't trust everybody to make deals happen right now. I mean, they they literally created an alliance between the Big Ten and Pac-12. And at the same time that they were doing that, the Big Ten was pilfering teams from the Pac-12. So don't trust anybody. Do what's best for you. And I, I, the Granite Rights thing, I just don't believe in anymore. I, just, I don't know how much of an anchor that is. I just, all the money that's out there that we're seeing for NIL stuff and for and that's coming into conferences. Your school's getting $100 million a year to be in a conference. You don't think if they're going to like think, wait a minute, I can pay off this exit fee and two, three, four years, my new conference. I can't get some donor, some type of otherwise sponsorship to get out of there. Not like a corporate sponsorship, but like you're just getting someone to pay your way out of it. It's like being a golfer. Like you just get paid to travel because your sponsors, you wear their gear (laughs) and you can go golf and travel and get paid and all that stuff. Yeah. You're a conference that wants another school. That school can travel and probably get paid to do it. And I know it's kind of crazy to think think that's going to happen and and probably happen quickly. Okay, last question, and we got to wrap this up because, again, we've gone twice as long as I think we plan to. Um, What's the timeline here? I mean, because we know that a lot of these contracts are up in 2020, 2025, at least for the Big 12, or maybe they've been amended or whatever. But my understanding is that a lot of these contracts are not being shared any longer uh, through FOIA requests and whatnot. So what's our timeline for when the next moves might be. Are we waiting until next July again, you know, July 1st again, just like with Oklahoma and Texas? I don't think the Big Ten's done for whatever reason. They may be trying or executing. We'll see. But I just think they're not done. And the Big 12 has to act. It's got to do something because if, if they don't, the Pac-12 will. And, and, like, just the sooner the better on these things. I don't know. I just – would it be another year? It's been about a year since Texas, Oklahoma. I'd be shocked if it was a year. And – I don't know. I'd almost pardon me would be would be surprised if we got to the media day schedule um, of these major conferences and didn't have more news, something like this. So um, you know, those windows for negotiating TV contracts open soon and close quickly. Um, you got to have an idea 
that's transparent when you go to the table with these networks and these media people because a lot of them are getting into something new too don't forget that it's not like it's just espn fox nbc you have all these new potential media partners if they're going to get in they're going to want to have really good looks at what they're getting into and unfortunately the picture just changed significantly for a big 12 or a pac 12 um they're going to have to work hard and fast to recreate the picture so they can sit down with you know, with Apple, with Amazon, with whomever, and say, this is actually what we're thinking. Let's do business together. Good luck with that. We'll see how that goes. Asking a lot of people to trust a lot of people when no one can trust anyone right now. So, As, as you said, <laughs> that's always fun. Well, yeah. as Chris said, gone too long. Again, conversation we could go on and on with, and it probably will in smaller bites sometime in the future here, but um, this is just starting, and we'll probably be going for at least in the near future, big splashes, small splashes, we'll see. Stay tuned. We'll try to cover it as best as we can for the Big 12 for West Virginia. Until then, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.